And hello, welcome to episode 20 of Stories from a Bar. I'm your host, Chris Osborne, and for this episode, I have a returning guest, the gentle cupper himself, Mike, <laughs> Mike Townsend. Welcome back, sir. How are you? Yes, I'm doing good. Fantastic. So, I had an idea a while ago. You're here for a few reasons. You've kind of been my guinea pig whenever I've tried something different. But uh, I had a fun idea a while ago that I thought could be good for the podcast and always help to give me more content. And you know those Florida Man stories that are always constantly in the news and usually good for a laugh? Florida Man. Florida Man. He has his own Twitter account that aggregates news stories just featuring headlines involving Florida Man. So I kind of admittedly stealing that idea slightly, but uh, I am calling this the Statesman series, and I'm going to be looking for stories from each state, just searching the phrase Florida man. Well, instead of Florida, pick a state. Hawaii man. The word man. Hawaii man. But today we're doing Michigan man for a few reasons. One, you're actually from Michigan, so this actually worked out quite well. Yes, I am. This is true. (laughs) Two, you were available. (laughs) Also true. (laughs) And, of course, in talking about these stories, I uh, thought it'd always be fun to broaden my beer horizons here and drink beer from that state. Of which there are many. There are. And uh, I stopped at Latham Beverage. A big shout-out to them for helping me find something from Michigan that wasn't Founders, because Founders is big out there, right? Yeah. Yeah, actually. From my hometown. Yes, your hometown. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, Chris. Well, uh, we'll see where this goes. But, uh, in fact, there was one point where, uh, after reading the Florida Man stories, as I was starting to think about doing this for the podcast, I thought about actually starting a second podcast, and then I thought, that's, fuck it, this is my podcast, I can do what I want. (laughs) But there was one point where I was searching news stories, and uh, instead of Florida Man, different states. I don't know if I was surprised or not by how relatively easy it was to find stories that stood out. There was a point where I kind of started feeling worse than I already did for humanity. I feel like that's easy to do. <laughs> it was easier than I thought it would be. I think New Jersey man's going to have some good stories. Probably. the armpit, It is the armpit of America, mm-hmm. but that is for a different episode. We will be focusing for the inaugural episode of the Statesman series. And I hope to intermix these in with my normal episodes every once in a while. But, uh, like I said, Michigan man... We're going to talk some Michigan Man stories, and uh, I'm hoping theoretically, you, at least you would think theoretically, I could get fifty, at least 50 episodes out of this idea. And, uh, I mean, possibly even just from Florida, but... Florida Man is a popular one. So, let's talk about the beer. Yeah, so this is something that neither of us had really heard about at all, right? No, I, like I said, I went to Latham Beverage by where I live, and uh, I walk in. It's not a big place, but they have a pretty good selection. I asked the first guy if he has any beers from Michigan other than Founders. He wasn't quite sure off the top of his head. So I'm walking around, looking through the aisle, looking at my phone to see what else is there. I walk around the corner. I'm standing in front of this five-shelf unit, and I just see a row of Founders. And then another guy walks up. I'm like, do you have any other Michigan beers? He's like, look up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean, dude. <laughs> like, it's like, find yeah. it yourself. He's like, right here. I'm like, oh, okay. And then uh, I came across Dark Horse Brewing, which is from Marshall, Michigan. Yeah. Um, I had to look that up. I, I feel like I probably should have known that because I'm from West Michigan in the Lower Peninsula. Hometown is... Grand Rapids, so same as Founders, so yeah. I have some stories there. But Marshall is actually sandwiched in between Jackson and Kalamazoo, right Jackson, in the okay. right in the middle of like smack dab in the middle of the Lower Peninsula. So I probably driven by it a million times, but I have, cannot say that I've been to downtown Marshall, Michigan, at all. But what do you think of this one? Because it's an IPA, but it's a little well, darker, right? It is. As I was standing there trying to figure out which of their beers to select, they had like a number of four packs, which wasn't going to cut it for me, for for us, I should say. <laughs> and then one six pack, which is actually quite perfect, because it's called "Smells Like a Safety Meeting IPA." <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, the cover art is a bunch of noses with legs and arms just running around, just running around doing their thing. And a, another favorite part of 
that beer searching story is I didn't realize what the alcohol content was till I got home and went to put it in the fridge. We are sipping on a couple 8.5%. Radio audience, <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm giving the thumbs he up. He is. It's, uh, I feel like when, if we drink all three of these over the next hour, we're going to have some safety concerns. That's why they call it the safety meeting. That, that, well, this is my favorite safety meeting of all time. Indeed. <laughs> but I I kind of like it. It's um, it's an IPA, but it's more of a darker IPA. It has kind of the flavor of like a it red is. ale. It's, so yeah, it's not the usual IPA that I would expect. It's it's interesting. It's different. It is. I'm digging it. And like I didn't want to do Founders because that's obviously about one of the most well-known craft breweries from Michigan. So I try to keep something under the radar. I've never heard of Dark Horse. So I kind of went, I'm trying to go for a shoot first, ask questions later type approach when it comes to selecting these beers for these episodes. You got to go with what calls. To yeah, you. exactly. And uh, when I got home, I looked it up and I guess Beer Advocate actually had it rated at 89. So that's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good review. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I, I mean, our last episode uh, here, Homebrew, episode in the basement was bad beers bad clowns yes and we returned to the scene and that we've returned returned to the scene that was kind of a this is much better than that because it's actually a a quality beer (laughs) so a shout out to dark horse brewing for smells like a safety meeting i wonder what their safety meetings are like at work (laughs) i hope they're delightful i got to assume that they are so we'll be sipping on these strong beers as we talk about some fun idiots from michigan I'm glad you're here because hopefully you can shed some more insight into Michigantonians. How would what would you call them? Um, Michiganders is the Michiganders. Term. Mm-hmm. That, is that a term? Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the governors of Michigan got a lot of flack for saying Michiganians one time because she was secretly from Canada. Really? Uh huh. And uh, yeah, the people weren't happy about that. It started as kind of a, I guess, like a put down the michigander thing but people people really dig it now. michigander that's not, that sounds weird it does it's it's unlike anything you would call anyone from any other state i suppose like new yorker mm-hmm. makes sense <laughs> what do you call someone from new jersey garbage no, no. <laughs> i'm jerseyan i really abuse new jersey quite a bit on this podcast actually <laughs> there's really no reason other than it's the armpit of america so you say and and the jersey shore you know, Snooki isn't even from there. Doesn't matter. She's from Marlboro, New York. A town named after cigarettes? She yeah. looks like that, mm-hmm. yeah. That, would, that could explain a lot. So, for our first story, I took, and uh, I didn't actually check the dates on any of these stories. Figure no that, need. Honestly, the dates are unimportant. I'm just looking for good headlines that involve Michigan Man. And, like I said, not hard to find. So, we'll start out with a story from the New York Daily News that I found. Michigan man arrested for stealing sex toys from mall after New Year's Eve proposal at Walmart. Yep, that um, takes place in Bay City, Michigan. Uh, <laughs> well, right off, right off the bat, this article has my attention. Yep. Like any good headline, it does its job and has sucked me in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mission accomplished there. Actually, the first line of the article actually says, nothing says true love like shoplifting sex toys. And this is apparently what this young gentleman did. It is. To win the heart of his paramour. Well, we'll get into it. This, she had already said yes before the shoplifting. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she had to have known what she was getting into. She may have. She seemed uh, like a criminal co-conspirator. Indeed. So the evening of one Michigan man's successful marriage proposal ended in his arrest for stealing bedroom playthings and jewelry for his new fiance, William Cornelius Jr., which seems like an appropriate name for... Someone that gets arrested for shoplifting sex toys? Good old Billy Corn. <laughs> Billy Corn. I like it. It was charged with shoplifting about $80 worth of goods from a Spencer's location at a Bay City mall on New Year's Eve, no less. It's a good time, it's a good time to propose. Yeah, yeah. And he may have thought that it was New Year's Eve and no one would notice that he was shoplifting or something. I don't it's know. true. Six o'clock on a New Year's Eve, people are out celebrating. Why not shoplift some sex toys from Spencer's? That's how I like to kick in a good New Year. I was unaware that they sold them, which uh, seems kind of ludicrous to me. I'm unaware that Spencer's is still around. <laughs> I think they're in uh, some malls, but uh, I do know. I uh, if I I think it's more like 
joke stuff. I don't know if it's like real toys. Uh, well, I think it would be like a different, like it would be like a, a sex toy shop. It would be like a different thing. You would think so. But yeah, I do think they had, but I thought they had like a few things. Anyway, let's finish reading the article. <laughs> the article does talk about some of the more specifics. The supposed theft came after the 25-year-old lovebird, a yawning, proposed to his girlfriend at a Walmart less than half a mile down the road. Cornelius asked employees, and this is the classy part, if you didn't think so already, Cornelius asked employees to read his declaration of eternal affection over the loudspeakers. I'm guessing he was drunk. You know what? The article doesn't talk about any booze, but it does talk about some pills in a minute. Okay. Okay. Pills are good, too. I, uh... I've worked a lot of retail jobs, like when I was back in high school and through college, you know, like most young college school people do. And I've never been in the store when someone's picked up the intercom and said something ridiculous or inappropriate. I've always wanted to be. I never did it myself either. I kind of wish I did now. Yeah. You would have had a blast. (laughs) It would have been. It'd be a fun way to quit, that's for sure. Yeah. That certainly would. I did have a friend at, at a grocery store in Michigan who had a very sonorous deep speaking voice and he would do the announcements and people were like who is that is that a professional speaker <laughs> like they get all like turned up by it <laughs> like really into it he's like no that's just ed that's just ed <laughs> i want to go in i don't want to be the one that makes the announcement now the more mm-hmm. i think about it i want to go in and like trick someone at customer service into announcing something like give them like I've lost my child and the child's name is like a like kind of like yeah. Bart Simpson like, like a, a really f- dirty name a fake license plate number that spells out something like Seymour Butts yeah I C U P or something like that and uh, lost person with the fake name yeah that'd be great <laughs> see you just gotta write it on the paper I'm looking for this person can you tell them to meet me wherever and then walk away <laughs> oh that's rough that's a dirty trick it is and I. Oh, I used to have the perfect license plate, but I don't remember it anymore. That's a shame. But this is something I... It's on the bucket list. Some people want to see sites. I want to trick people into saying dirty things on an intercom. And get a license plate that says P00PZ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the license plate to actually exist. Okay. Just checking. No. Well, at the big box store, Cornelius spent twenty nine sixty two on the engagement ring for his beloved. So no wonder That's he had, a high spender. It is. It is. Clearly he was in uh, their upper class section. No wonder he didn't have the money for the sex toys and had to shoplift them, I assume. Yeah, you know. I mean, if only he had spent more wisely with that wedding ring, he would have had a little left over and he could have just purchased them. <laughs> the happy couple then headed for a night of theft at the local mall, according to the cops. Cornelius tried to make off with a bride-to-be thong, an edible thong, oral sex candy, and a vibrator from Spencer's. So apparently they have a lot of uh, food at Spencer's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not food that most people would want to eat, I suppose. No. But I do wonder how well it sells. The joke underwear? Yeah. There's, You know what? That's There's someone right now who works for Spencer's corporate office who tracks like edible underwear sales as an inventory item. It's, yeah. That is a job. That's someone's job, Chris. It is. Well, I suspect not just specifically the edible I'm underwear. sure he's checking the rest of the inventory, but among them, you know, is the, is the joke undies. Do you ever think that any of the employees working there get hungry and, uh-oh, a package opened? Instead of damaging, let's damage this out and have a little snack. You know, I, I would hope that they do. <laughs> I assume it tastes like a fruit roll-up. That's the impression I've, I've always had. I've never seen them, though. No. I'm kind of sad you didn't go on Amazon and buy a couple so you could uh, taste test over here. And Maybe. Give the audience a, a real clue about Let's, what they're uh, missing. Well, when we get to the third beer, we'll take a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is I'm calling this a safety meeting. Wait till you hear the audio cue at the end of the episode when he cuts back in to give you his review of the edible underwear from Spencer's. That's interesting. <laughs> I suppose that depends how fast I want to put this episode up. You're chugging that beer. (laughs) Indeed. All right. So all the stolen gifts were meant for his 20-year-old fiance. So someone that's not even legal to drink. Off making good life choices already. Yep. The groom-to-be was busted after he fell asleep tying his shoe in the mall's food court. That seems like he's 
doing something heavy. He told cops that he was on the pain reliever Tramadol, which made him brash enough to steal the sexy supplies. I don't know the side effects of Tramadol. Tramadol, it wasn't even a prescription drug until, I think, like within the last year or two. And I only know that because they prescribe it to my dog when my dog's hurt itself before. Hmm. It's really, I mean, it's a pain reliever that's barely stronger than like Advil. I'm guessing he was on a little something stronger than that. Uh, I would think so, because I've taken Tramadol before, and it's certainly never given me a newfound sense of confidence to start stealing sex toys. And making uh, announcements over the loudspeaker of your local mall. And how out of it do you have to be to fall asleep tying your shoe? Honestly, it leaves me with more questions. Yeah, because like, asleep standing up is like a heroin thing, I think. Like, was he sitting down, leaning over, tying his shoe, and then fell out of the chair... Did he have his foot, like, up? Because it sounds like he, there was, if he stayed asleep. You know, you, you could have done extra work here and requested the court records of this case, but you did not, so we're going to be left forever hanging on this, Chris. Uh, we will, but I've never fallen asleep tying my shoe. Or felt like I was going to. Or, or been to a shopping mall in Bay City. That is true. I've never been to Michigan. Or stolen sex toys, or... <laughs> been to Spencer's recently. I don't even know the last time I went to the Spencers. Can't pin this on you. No. I'm pretty clean on this one. So Moore and his fiance Moore, his fiance, originally denied that the necklace and earrings she had were stolen, but later admitted that her drowsy darling had grabbed them for. Wonderful. So the wayward Romeo, as they're calling him, now faces up to ninety three days in jail and a five hundred dollar fine if found guilty, which I assume that he was. Is that, uh, I wonder where that $500 is going to come from. Obviously, he spent all his money on the ring. He did, yeah. He's got nothing left. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, man. Let's move on to the second article. This is a good one. Right up there with stealing sex toys. Michigan man sues his parents for $86,000 for tossing his porn collection. Yeah, we were uh, <laughs> talking about this earlier, as you might imagine, because... What the hell was in that collection that Wait, made it that valuable? I did a little more research on this article because the original one that uh, I found on ABC News didn't go into specifics of what the collection of, you know, contained. But I, <laughs> I did find some interesting tidbits from other stories that did. So a Michigan man is seeking more than $86,000 from his parents in civil court for allegedly throwing out his large pornography co- collection. Which, uh, according to the court documents, the collection was only valued at $29,000. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty big difference yeah. between eighty six and $29,000. Yeah. It didn't say, why the extra? We can only assume. Emotional damages? Emotional damages, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that was my first thought. The family rift began in October 2016 when the man moved back into his parents' Grand Haven home in Michigan after his divorce wonder what caused the divorce. I don't know. It might have, was it perhaps related to that collection? I don't know. The article never talks about what actually caused the divorce. But I feel like if you marry a man that has a porn collection valued at $29,000, you know it exists. Honey, I just spent $30,000 on porn. <laughs> that might raise some questions. The good news is I didn't spend 30000 just twenty nine. Just twenty nine thousand. I, you know, it was on sale. I was reasonable. So the original article didn't talk about it, but like I did, said I did a little more research because I was curious what is twenty nine thousand dollars worth of porn amount to. Apparently, it included more than four hundred VHS. VHS. The eight point five is getting to me already. Oh God! It included VHS tapes. It did. It so his collection includes more than four hundred VHS tapes more than 1,600 DVDs, 160-plus CDs, which I don't even know. What's a porn CD? Maybe he burned something to a CD. I'm not sure. audio of people moaning and slapping? We are, again, left to guess. We are. Clearly, I didn't do enough research. And 70 sex toys, which it doesn't say if they were from Spencer's or not. I assume that they weren't. He's got the good stuff. It's, it's no joke <laughs> for, underwear. For $29,000, he can... <laughs> his, he's above Spencer's. Yeah, he's, he's, he's... 
found a new news source. I like this one. Some of the films worthy of inclusion include Frisky Business. Okay. And this one really made me cringe. Big Bad Grannies. That seems a little uh, weird <laughs> to own, but okay. Power to you. And of course, one of my first thoughts while reading this was clearly he hasn't heard of the internet. Yeah, that was something that we were talking about before. It's just there's a whole wide world web out there filled with exactly this content. I mean, it's for, whether you for want free. it or not, it's it's out there and it's free. You <laughs> click on a couple of wrong things and your computer will be giving you pop-up windows full of this stuff. That so. is true. And eventually the blue screen of death. Yeah. So less than a year after moving in back home with his parents, he moved to Indiana. And when his parents delivered his property to his new place, the son alleges his massive collection was missing. According to the court documents, the parents told him they destroyed his porn. I wonder how much of the porn his father looked at before. (laughs) In those months after he moved, before they had to deliver his stuff. I'm going to bring this to the trash. Don't worry about it, honey. And as the article goes on a little bit more, you'll see that the problem seems to be more between the son and the father. It doesn't ever mention the mom having a problem with the porn. Yeah. um, Culturally, I could think in Michigan, because there's a lot of uh, churchgoers in that state, it may be something where like a generational difference between the child and the mom and dad where they're like, you know, very conservative and... He obviously really, really likes porn enough to buy thirty grand worth of it. I can't um, imagine spending that much money on most things. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money. You buy a car for that, a nice one too, with a DVD Not- player for all his porn DVDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a nice sound system for those porn CDs, whatever those are. Yeah, they don't give a lot of uh, cars with CD players anymore, but no. you get the idea. Yeah, pull up to an intersection with the windows down, blasting that. You know, that'd be um, weird. Just tell people it's Lady Gaga. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's Bjork. It's Bjork. It's Bjork. You know, really, really experimental really? music over here. <laughs> the man tried to press charges on his parents by calling the Ottawa County Sheriff's Office, but the prosecutor's office did not pursue the case. So according to the lawsuit, the man began emailing his parents. He's saying, if you had a problem with my belongings, you should have stated at the time and I would have gone elsewhere. Instead, you chose to be, keep quiet and behave vindictively. Throwing it out really being vindictive? Well, see, this is the other thing to me, too. So, like, how much stuff did he bring to his parents' house? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, DVDs aren't big. I don't know how much space but if you have like, takes up. if you have, like, $30,000 worth of VHS tapes, DVDs, CDs, and, like, etc., you got to have like big boxes. And if he's dumb enough to bring that, he's going to have brought every single single thing else he owns to his parents' house to them to store indefinitely. I could see the parents just like, why is there obviously, so much stuff in my house? Get rid of this. Obviously, he has no sense of embarrassment. Yeah. He's got no shame this way. No. I guess if you're going to spend $29,000 on porn, shame is not something that's going to hold you back. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's living in a nice little beach town in Grand Haven, you know, on, on the lakeshore. So he's probably out there windsurfing in the summer and having a good time. I assume nude. Yeah. Yeah. Wind against the genitals. Yeah. Seems like his kind of thing. Could be. It could be. According to the lawsuit, though, his father responded, believe it or not, one reason for why I destroyed your porn was for your own mental and emotional health. I would have done the same if I had found a kilo of crack cocaine. Someday I hope you will understand. <laughs> well, um, again, wise, wise or not, though these purchases may have been, one is legal for adults to do should they consent to do so. Another is not. I mean, this is a middle-aged man. Age aside, I feel like there is a vast difference in your child possessing porn or possessing drugs. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would say so. I mean, if you're worried about the kid having like an addiction, maybe the thing you do is like try to get him to go to therapy and gradually wean him off. That's true. If it's an addiction, it doesn't say anything about him having a hard time holding down a job cuz he's too busy at home spanking it. Well, they didn't really go into that detail, no. but again, I'm left with more questions than answers. And again, I'm curious, 
How much of it did his father look at? Because again, it doesn't talk about the mother. And I wonder if the mother caught the father looking at the porn. It's like, get rid of it. <laughs> You're going to church on Sunday and confessing what you've done. <laughs> um, but it could also be a very Michigan story that the collection was like, this guy was a 36-year-old who had a ton of Legos. That wouldn't surprise me either. Oh. And I could see the parents being just as annoyed about like, you know, here's the super space set from 1986. With all the fictions, you know, like they're gonna they're gonna go just as nuts over having like big bins of Legos as they are about anything that you're well, gonna store in someone else's house on a temporary. To be basis. fair, I suspect Legos being as expensive there as they are probably take up a lot less space than twenty nine thousand dollars worth of porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be, <laughs> could be. Actually, let's 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 crack open that second beer because I just finished the first. Moving on. Yes, moving on. Go ahead and crack those open. I can tell you now, if we end up drinking one beer per... I have five articles. We've gotten through two. We've gotten through two, and we're moving on to beer number two. And uh, I... Legitimately, safety could be a concern if we chug the third one by the end of this. So as we crack open the second smells like a safety meeting... That's the sound of happiness. I do like that story that you would tell about, what is it, your, uh, like, nephew or something, where you're like, why do people drink beer? That's what happiness tastes like. No, I, uh, yeah, as I got old old enough to drink on family vacations, I have a bunch of younger cousins, so I'd be drinking a beer, and they're like, what's it taste like? My my answer was always just happy. (laughs) (laughs) Tastes like joy. You won't know what that's like until you're older. Actually, you know those Taurus commercials for Pure Michigan, narrated by Tim Allen? Yes. Pure joy. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, they really have worn out their welcome with that damn ad campaign. Actually, as I was watching TV before coming over to your place to record this, there was I saw a couple Pure Michigan commercials. And people, like, use it as a hashtag and stuff. You know, they, they got some mileage out of that ad campaign. I wonder how much Tim Allen made for that. Enough to buy some, uh, some more cocaine. <laughs> one of his early arrests people seem to forget he's he went to jail for drugs he did yeah he uh, uh i think he was arrested in kalamazoo i want to say if i remember that sounds familiar correct. i don't remember yep. what the articles were oh if only there was a michigan man story like that about tim allen that i could have found you know that you gotta long... go back far enough you gotta go back to the uh it's gotta the be microfiche there, so... in the library it's true i didn't put that much effort into this i, I pretty much put all these notes together over the last two days even though I talked about doing this for months. <laughs> so, here we are. Beer number two, article number three from the Detroit Press. Michigan man tells police he stole food cart because he's a dumbass. Is that in the headline? Yeah, that is the headline. Okay, you know. Um, this is the kind of Michigan story that I think we would have had a, many more of, is like weird vehicular stories of guy steals some sort of car does something or like toddler drives his car down parents car down the street because he really likes trucks whenever i brought this up you did mention there was like a lot of those types of yeah and i'm surprised we didn't find more of them so food truck i'm glad that is at least some sort of vehicle being stolen uh by someone in michigan food cart food cart that was attached to a pickup truck (laughs) so not even an actual food truck uh as the art, let's as the article will say. So yeah, let's so get let's into go this. Through this. So Michigan man tells police he stole food cart because he's a dumbass, and you will eventually come to the conclusion that you can at least not call him a liar. <laughs> yeah, he didn't seem dishonest. No, a St. Clair Shores man. I'm not sure where in Michigan that is, but it is Michigan. Was arrested early Friday morning on charges of stealing a pickup truck with a food cart attached in Mount Pleasant. Again, I don't know what. That's Detroit area. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's like suburban Detroit. All right. According to the incident report, police responded at about 3.11 a.m. As I, that doesn't seem like much of a surprise that it would be in the wee hours of the morning. No, nothing. They say nothing good happens after 2. That's true. And this was 3.11. So 3.11. An an hour after that, so (laughs) hour and 11 minutes. Near Blackstone Bar on Michigan Street to a report of a stolen food cart, police police spotted a truck 
fit in the description, travel in near Pine Street. Police pulled the truck over, and one occupant identified as 21-year-old Zachary Jenkins. So, 21-year-old, 3 a.m., clearly he's got to be drunk. I Yeah, I would assume so. And I think probably his friends call him Zach. Like, yeah, steal the food truck, Zach! I do. It doesn't oh, It doesn't talk about friends or if he was encouraged, but I feel like if it's 3 a.m. and you're drunk, you don't need much encouragement for a lot of things. No, probably not. <laughs> but uh, if he had you know, that, that one friend, he would have been over the edge, I feel like. That's the worst friend. Yeah. The pusher. Yeah. And the guy who just wants to cause trouble. He doesn't care if you get arrested. No, he wants other people to have the problems. It's just, it's just rubbing his hands, waiting to be entertained. I'm not going to lie. I've been that guy. I've encouraged people to do stupid things. <laughs> Police discovered the food truck on its side, so he was dragging it, as Jenkins appeared intoxicated at the time of the incident. I've done a number of stupid things while drinking, or as drunk, as most people do, but uh, I've never reached that level, luckily, <laughs> where I've wanted to steal a vehicle or food cart. <laughs> well, usually it's like, I'm hungry, let me get a pizza, not like, I'm hungry, let me steal an entire food wagon no yeah i want food but i'm always willing to pay for it at least or at least just like ask people for it you know like people might give it to you if you're like look man that I got is no true. money i'm really drunk right now and at you this seem like a cool guy and i feel like at this point i'm past the point in age where my body would even let me consume the amount of alcohol i would need to be talked into something like that because uh it's tough getting old it is i can't drink nearly as much my body eventually just starts to shut down and tells me to go to bed which it helps with not getting hung over anymore <laughs> at least that and the white claw <laughs> <laughs> you win that fucking white claw <laughs> i've never had any of that and i'm debating whether or not i want to just to try it i think you should do just an episode where you want to do an episode where we, we can just get hammered on a white claw yeah, and talk we can, nonsense? We'll, we'll do a white claw episode. A white claw and, episode? We could do our, that. I'm always looking for ideas. You know, you, you really appeal to the uh, young female demographic when you're drinking the white claw. So. <laughs> They're clearly my target audience. The yoga demographic, yeah. if you will. Those people that do yoga at bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, <laughs> the alcoholic hot yoga. I treat my body as the temple. Now I'm going to get hammered on white claw. <laughs> You know, fewer fewer hangovers. <laughs> sure, you keep telling yourself what you need to, which leads to the term "white girl wasted." Yep, that yes. is a term that All people right. use. Back to it is. In fact, I named a fantasy football team that one year. How'd they do? I don't remember. I was white girl wasted. Uh, you know, that's a bad way to play fantasy sports. <laughs> Not if you don't care. Do you have any money riding on that? Probably, I think a hundred bucks. Oh, yeah, I never went. A hundred dollars? No, I don't know why I do it. Cause really, it's just a hundred dollar bill I get come December. I've never won. <laughs> you just you know go to the bank, get a hundred dollar bill, and just flush it down the toilet. That would be more entertaining while reading a sports section. And it would yeah, be probably over, have more fun. It would be over a lot quicker. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Don't have, don't have to feel that pain anymore. No, we got sidetracked. Let's get back to the article. <laughs> Jenkins failed sobriety tests, of course, had a blood alcohol content level of 0.18%. Video from the police cameras showed Jenkins as the only occupant. Apparently in Michigan, 0.08 or greater is the limit for people over 21. So he, I believe, Isn't that the same in uh, New York State too, right? I don't, I'm not sure what it was. I think what, it's about that, the same. It's probably mostly universal. Yeah. Probably I think po- a lot of states Somewhere have. like 0.7. Yep. Anywhere from like probably 0.6 to 0.8. I don't know. Yep. Yep. So that's about double. Well, yeah. Well, more than double. It's over double. Apparently, they also have a 0.02% limit for people under 21. Mm-hmm. Which I never even thought of. I wonder what causes 0.02%. Does mouthwash? I don't know. That's a good question. There are some people who have a medical condition where their gut actually makes fermentation and they're drunk all the time. I've heard of that. Yeah, so they would be totally screwed. It would be, especially Mm -hmm. if you're under 21. Mm -hmm. The owner of the food cart, Walking Tacos, which I think is a great name. You know, if the guy is going to walk away with your food truck and you're (laughs) named Walking Tacos. To be fair, he drove away with it. He drove away with the, Did he hitch it it's up to his car? It's attached to the pickup truck. So he stole the pickup truck? Yeah. Okay. All right. This is getting meaty and interesting. 
with the, with the owner of the food cart walking tacos told police that he went into Blackstone Bar and witnesses notified him his truck was leaving and asked if his wife was in the vehicle, which she wasn't. The owner went outside and saw the pickup leave the area. See, I can at least relate to wanting tacos after drinking. Just not stealing a taco cart. Yeah, because, like, did he steal it because, like, the keys were in it and he just thought it was a truck? Did he really want tacos? Because it seems less likely now that he's just like, give me the food. This seems like a car is yeah, idling I don't know. outside and, like, the keys are in it and then, like, I mean, if it jump in the, the big red F-150 and drive away. No, worst, worst case scenario for me is I just start making my own tacos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wish we lived in a place with more taco carts. Or any. Well, you know, got to move to Michigan. Then you'll have a brewery on every corner, a coffee shop on every corner, and a taco well, cart Well, I feel like this corner. was probably great publicity for the guy that owned the taco cart if he was able to get it cleaned up and yeah, cause like, back I mean, in business. If you were that guy and you're like, man, you know, go on to Facebook or whatever, and you're like, they stole my stinking cart, and it's all damaged, and, you know, here's my GoFundMe page. If you love walking tacos, give me your money. I want to make my business whole again people would be giving you so much freaking cash on that that's maybe they were in on it together no, well apparently the food cart was estimated to be worth seven thousand dollars that's really yeah. not that much no no yeah i mean as long as i'm probably the most uh difficult part with that was getting like a permit at uh city hall or yeah whatever. there's probably some kind of permit the police report stated that during questioning jenkins repeatedly called himself a dumbass so like i said at least to his credit you can't call him a liar <laughs> No, no. Um, nor was he obstructing justice because he seemed to be very truthful with the cops. Uh, multiple times, apparently. Yeah. He kept repeating it. Which makes they're, it. They're probably like, you need to talk to. Do you, you sure you don't want a lawyer? You sure you don't want to talk? I'm a dumbass. I did this thing. It was me. Let me tell you how I did it. <laughs> like, ah, oh, boy. So Jenkins was, of course, arrested on charges of motor vehicle theft damaged property over a thousand dollars and operating while intoxicated yeah because like he could have gotten a grand theft auto for that like that you know yeah what's the difference between vehicle theft and grand theft auto i don't know maybe you don't intend to like totally steal the vehicle maybe it's like temporary i don't know they easily caught him very shortly after yeah the severity of it the intention maybe i feel like he couldn't have gotten far but uh i want tacos now the only thing that this has done for Chris is that he's going to leave here and go get some tacos. It's uh, and he encourages you to get tacos. It, I always encourage tacos, but it's not really a good choice in food if you're walking around. I guess it depends on the taco. I can't do hard we, sh- hard shells just fall apart. I always yeah. go soft. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I hope you keep that in the episode, that, Chris. Oh, I will. That's <laughs> like what be, she said. That'd be uh, uh, taken out of context really easily. Uh, the Chris Osborne soundboard just... I always go beep, soft. Beep. Over and over and over again. Oh, God. <laughs> this one's definitely rated explicit when I go to post it. <laughs> <laughs> Tipped it over the edge. Sorry. You know, it took me posting like 10 episodes of podcast before I realized where the explicit option was. <laughs> Can you go back and redo the old ones? I don't know, but I didn't bother. You're going to have like so a warning after you. A warning to any uh, newbies out there that listen to this episode first and then go back, <laughs> go back to listen to any of those first episodes. I'm sure I dropped some F-bombs and it's not labeled. <laughs> <sighs> Man, you're going to get kicked off of iTunes. I don't know what it takes, but maybe one day I'll find out. All right. What is the next All news right. story? All right. Next article. The next article comes from Forbes, a respectable publication. Indeed. Michigan man owns more than 170 copies of the movie Shrek on VHS, and he's not done collecting. This one kind of sent me down a dark rabbit hole last night, and uh, that's when I decided to text you three words. Shrek fan fiction. Yep. (laughs) You know... um... I guess that's another one of those internet rules is there's a fan fiction for it. Which never even occurred to me until I read this article. I enjoyed the movie Shrek. I found it humorous. And you know, some some authors get their start that way. Fifty Shades of Grey started as a Twilight fan fiction. Oh, God. 
<laughs> look at the look on your face. Oh, He's God. not happy thinking about any of those things. No, right now. I'm not. Did you see it? any of those franchises? And no, I use the uh, I use the term franchise loosely. Just garbage. No, no. I I know I saw at least one Twilight movie. I've never read the books for either of them. And I saw at least one fifty. I think I saw the first Fifty Shades. I'm like, oh, this seems like it should be in. Uh, now that I think about it, it's probably in that porn collection that was twenty nine thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, bought all three movies and bought them over and over again. Probably, maybe a hundred and seventy copies worth. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Right there next to Big Bad Grannies or whatever it was. And Frisky Business. Frisky Business. I don't Tom know. Cruise parody. <laughs> Frisky business. I wonder if it was a Tom Cruise lookalike. He may be short, but his pants aren't. <laughs> Maybe that was the tagline. Oh, God. <laughs> well, so this this is kind of the first thing I think that you, you were like, I got to do this Michigan Man episode. This is, this actually, this is, is one like of the diseased. first articles I found. All right, let's talk about this. So it doesn't get weird till like halfway through the article, honestly. So tucked away in a dank... Of course, Dank, West Michigan Basement, is the world's largest collection of Shrek on VHS tapes, which I would have never thought was a thing or would have considered. The assemblage belongs to 24-year-old virgin, and I added the word virgin myself, Kevin Horton, who who amassed more than 170 copies of the hit DreamWorks film since 2014. And this article, honestly, was is a few years old, so that was only within a couple of years. Yeah, where is this guy now? I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. It's not 170. Did he ever buy Shrek 2? That's a good question. Or 3. It doesn't talk about the sequels. Or or Puss in Boots. It's 170 copies of the original Shrek. 2014 was also the same year he picked up his very first VCR. I want to know, like, did this... Was this guy's parents killed by Shrek or something? Like, well, like, it's like reverse Batman, but he just buys VHS tapes instead of going after crime. criminals and fighting crime. He decides I'm going to buy a VCR and Shrek. <laughs> yeah, over yeah, and like, over. What again. happened to this guy? Like, would he see Shrek for the first time? And like, we'll get it. We'll get into it. Hold that thought. The foundation for Horton Shrek obsession was built on a love for old technology, because of course that goes hand in hand. And old product design, most most notably old VCRs, stereos, TVs, computers. See, I can understand having an interest in older technology and things like that. It's, yeah, but get like a reel-to-reel, like eight millimeter film projector. Get like something good. Don't get VHS. And being the ages that we are, how old are you? No comment. Yeah, I'm mid thirties. I can admit it. But I mean, we were basically born and raised in the prime and death of the VCR. Era. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. it's mind-boggling that someone would not have a VCR, get a VCR in 2014, and just be blown away. Yeah, or or like it at all because they're not good. No, it's not like it's not like other types. Well, when I say other types of media, like I was going to say music, people like the resurgence in vinyl. There's not going to be a resurgence in VHS. Like, why didn't this guy get obsessed with Betamax? You know what I mean? Or like Laserdisc, something cool. And of course, on a side and personal note, this article did make me feel old. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he, what? That's 2014, so he would be older now. 28 now? What? Yeah. Or five years later? So 29. 29. So. And pro- he's got to be well over 200 copies of Shrek. You know, maybe maybe he's found love. Maybe he gave up his Shrek collection. Maybe he has a family or something. We don't know. You know, this is an older article. That's true. I wish I, I would love a follow-up story. I, I kind of would. I, it's It's got to be... God, that's going to be hard to live down. Because, like, number one, he's got the world's biggest Shrek collection. Number two, it's on VHS. And number three, he got publicity in the news that he can never, ever live down. How slow of a news day was it for someone to report on this? I don't know. I'm glad they did that. <laughs> it's, it's bringing us joy right now. But, like, and, and then, you know, where was he getting these? Was he going to, like, Goodwill and Salvation Army? I don't know, like, man. I don't know. But let's every on. Every garage sale in uh, West Michigan. Let's get into the weirdest parts of the article. So, I forgot the guy's name already. And I've read this multiple times. Kelvin. That's right. Not Kevin. Kelvin. So his brother Cody, both with a K. Mm. So that family has a problem. 
My brother Cody, who holds a film and video degree, started to get him into film and history around the same time he picked up his first VCR in 2014, and that started his collection of classic films on tape, as well as his own collection. All right. So, I mean... See, if... So if this guy was like, I have the VHS of every Criterion Collection film, no one would have anything to say. No, I, I mean, if you're trying to collect classics and you you know, you know have a love of film, fine. Like, here I am with the Kurosawa Collection and, you know, Citizen Kane. Like, no one would care. But this guy's got Shrek, so we do care. So he lives with his, living together with his brother and a couple roommates. And between him and his brother, they had a collection of over 400 films on VHS, not including Shrek on display in their house, dating all the way back, or dating between 1939, apparently, to 2018, because he bought VHS tapes in 2018, released in 2018, which I didn't know that was an option. Hmm. So, again, I want to consider a VHS collection odd. It's just the 170 copies of Shrek that's odd. Yeah, and I think there definitely I knew some people who had VHS collections. I think the collecting really got stoked by DVD. You know, because it was much easier to have and store them because they're much smaller. They were much more available. I think they were probably a little bit cheaper than VHS back in the day. Maybe. At least comparatively for, like, adjusted for inflation. So, and then, you know, you had people with, like, I really like this TV show, but it went off the air, so I'm going to buy it on DVD and have every season in the box set. So that, that I can see, like, that really made people want to collect videos vhs where it's like grainy and you got to worry about like no i don't want to watch the vhs tape anymore i don't give a shit what movie is it's it's like worse than standard definition on your tv i i mean i really horrendous i love movies but there's not a single one i'd want to own 170 copies of Mm -mm. but uh here's where the article starts to get a little weird (laughs) so to understand why the horton brothers vhs collection is bloated with shrek tapes you have to look back to 2011 and 2012 that's when shrek apparently developed a cult following which i would have never guessed thanks to some daft fan fiction posted on deranged message boards basically this is like a weird 4chan thing isn't it it is and that's what they reference Uh. these posts spurred the creation of the image board shrek chan which apparently is now defunct did I say defunct? You sure did. <laughs> defunct. Triple X starring. Halfway through beer number two on 8.5%. Less Chris Osborne and Frisky Business. Since then, the film has spawned a variety of memes, including Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life, and Brogers. I've never seen or heard of either of these Mm-mm. before I read this article. Mm-mm. And apparently Brogers is really just a message board for Shrek nerds to post Shrek names. This this seems like... It's like bronies for My Little Pony. And Shrek is not that good, you guys. It's humorous. I don't know. Do you remember anything about Shrek 2? I rest my case. (laughs) I, I did stop to think. I don't remember anything. I have seen Shrek 2 at least a couple times, like especially having kids and yeah. whatever. I do not remember the plot of it at all. Well, and that's how I can tell a movie is no, not that good. No. Like if you've seen it multiple times, your brain just straight up erases it. I vaguely remember Shrek 1 because... Shrek 1 was okay. Fine. And it had a Smash Mouth song in it. Oh, God. I but again, it's like the, it's like the soundtrack of like that dumb, you know, early two thousands, late nineties pop music of like, let's bring in Smash Mouth, let's bring in the Eels. Oh God, I'd rather stick a spoon in my ear than hear Smash Mouth now. You know, but they're very memeable. <laughs> There's that guy who, uh, but likes to listen to. Of course, Bell. after reading this article, I googled I googled Shrek fan fiction, and uh, I got to say. I read some stuff. I can't unread. <laughs> some of it got dark quick, man. Not to mention X-rated. That's usually where the fan fiction goes. Yeah. Have you never read fan fiction before? Honestly, no. Not much. Yeah, Rarely it ever. Always, it always... It seems like it's going to be a good I, story. And I'm, then... not gonna, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I had an idea that that's probably where some of it was going. Yeah. But uh, not as fast as it did. No, yeah, because it seems fairly normal for like the first couple pages, and then people get nude and lewd. There was talk of corpses, 
genitalia, Ugh. green. Uh, this is this is pretty bad, man. We are now that it, it occurs to me, we've kind of had a constant theme almost through all of these articles so far, <laughs> and that wasn't intentional. But it, it uh, may be uh, self-selection biased on the part part of the host. It's it's what he's uh, interested in. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm gonna need a lot more safety meetings before that becomes an interest. <laughs> so did we um, did we look at Dark Horse Brewing from Marshall, Michigan? What their other beers were? Honestly, no. Because I am interested enough drinking this to wonder what the rest of their collection it is. It is, and I, I will look into their other beers. Like I said, uh, yeah. the Beverage Center had other four packs, but I'm, I was also in a mood for quantity. <laughs> of the same thing. Yes. Because the, the, the last episode, if you don't remember, Bad Beers, Bad Clowns, right? Yeah. was all about a collection of beers that were rather regrettable. Oh, they were regrettable, all right. Yeah. Not the same beer. No. Over and Six over different again. beers that were all regrettable. So it wasn't like he was just sitting here drinking PBR all night. No. That's not as regrettable as the beers we drink for that. So it ends on a quote from uh, The Virgin, as I'm calling them. I found it somewhat entertaining as most of the memes consisted of individuals pretending to have an unhealthy obsession with Shrek and being devout to him in all senses of the word. Okay. I found this funny and absurd. It is definitely absurd. Yeah. Funny is, uh, yeah. I wouldn't use funny. but No. I found this funny and absurd due to my own personal lack of enthusiasm for the film as an adult. I started collecting Shrek because I love to make people laugh. See, that's where... I have I take an that's, issue. That's the only thing I can think that like makes this guy relatable and I, not insane. I have always been someone who wants to bring joy to those around me. That's fine. Absurdism and deadpan humor always brought me joy and brought joy to my friends. See, first off, if I go to someone's house and they point out that they have a hundred and seventy of anything, my first thought is going to be, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah, and like, where are the bodies? It's buried? not. It's not funny. No. That's just off-putting. It is very off-putting, and I feel like I'm going to need to get out of there as quickly as possible. <laughs> Would you like to see my other Shrek paraphernalia? Here's your Shrek cake. Why is your skin green? <laughs> you know, you got to get out of there fast. You know, steal a taco cart if you need to. Just get out of there. Maybe that's where that guy was going. I'm going to get some tacos as I run as far away from you as I can. All right, that was the end of the Shrek article. The last article I have is from People, and this one was in June of 2019. Honestly, I thought we'd burn through these faster than we are, but I really want to talk about this one because I find it... I can feel the pain in my testicles just reading the headline. (laughs) Michigan man who won $80 million lottery jackpot during divorce ordered to pay half to his ex-wife. Yeah, and this is... Oh, man. This is is less like a Florida man article about like, ha-ha, look at that guy, and it's, it's just like... This is how like unfortunate the, for him. That is absolutely terrible. Let's get ready to pour those third beers and chug these as we try to wrap this oh, up. Oh God, because <laughs> you know this guy, he probably was like, "I'm getting out of this situation." You know, me and this girl aren't right together. I'm. Well, you know, the, the article will t- say that they've been separated for a while. A it while, just hasn't yeah. been finalized yep. yet. So, which is easy to do. You get lazy. You don't go through your divorce proceedings. I mean, I mean, the involved. laws are different in different states. As you know, some places you have to be separated for an amount of time before you can actually get a divorce, depending on circumstances. Or yeah, and so and, on. So and forth. fun fact in Michigan, um, if the wife gets pregnant while you're still married, the child is considered yours. <laughs> the 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 guy who's married to her, you can claim parental rights of a kid that's not biologically yours. Can you really? Yeah. You uh, another fun Michigan law is you can I think it's a felony to flirt with unmarried women and that's still on the books. Wait, it's a felony to flirt with unmarried women? Yeah. If just in general yeah. or if you're married? No, just like anybody. So it's basically illegal to talk to the opposite yes. sex. Yeah, still on the books. I mean, that, there's laws like that in every state, though. You know, what's the one where like you can't have an alligator on a leash in like Florida or something like that? I feel like that's the norm in Florida. You know, maybe that's where Florida man went wrong. 
All right. This the first time he broke the law. Well, my favorite part about this article is the guy's name, and we'll get to that in a second. So, a Michigan man who beat the odds to win the Mega Million lottery has been forced to split the earnings with his ex-wife amid their divorce. Richard Dick Zalasco his is name his is name. Dick Dick Zalasco. Yeah. Richard, they call him Dick. Oh, I gotcha. Zalasco. Yep. That's a great name. I feel like if Marvel made a porn version of a superhero movie, <laughs> Dick Zalasco would be the main character's name. DZ. <laughs> How great Marvel would that be? comics. A big DZ with a lightning bolt on the, yeah. you know, bulked out chest. Yeah, yeah. Punching the lightning bolt is, is, of course, in the shape of a penis. It's got a weird curve to the front of it, right? I didn't notice that until Shift now. Shift slightly Thank to you. the left. Shift slightly to the left, leaning. He gets soft really quick. You know, it depends on how much whiskey he's had. Or apparently, he maybe he had too many safety meetings. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Dick Zalasco, as I will probably put an emphasis on his name the whole time I talk about this article, was thrilled to learn that he won the 80 million jackpot back in 2013. That is until an arbitrator told him that half of his winnings would be going to his soon-to-be ex-wife, Mary Beth, whom he was involved in a divorce settlement with. See, that's, you know... How much can that ruin your day? Yeah, and that this is like... I would... I don't know the facts, obviously, as, as a lot of these articles go, but... Maybe he was just lazy filing the paperwork. Maybe he couldn't afford a lawyer until he he Again, won the Mega Millions. I, I mean, we don't I know saw the circumstances. A couple different articles about this, and none of them said what the circumstances were for why it was taking so long to finalize the divorce, which I assume was the happiest day of his life, with the lottery winnings being the second happiest day. But <laughs> again, we don't know. I mean, we don't maybe, know. Maybe he was, you know, maybe holding on, hoping that maybe their relationship would turn around. Not. Totally finalizing the divorce? We don't know. No. Though Dick and Mary Beth, who married in 2004 and shared three children, were separated for two years. That's that's the hard part right there. Yep. Yeah, so he had two years to get this done, and he didn't do it. No. And then he won the lottery. He, they were separated for two years at the time that he won. A Michigan appeals court ruled that the Pontiac native must pay his ex-wife half the winnings as the divorce was not yet final. Just imagine winning millions of dollars and saying you already lost half of it well you kind of do when the government taxes well it, it goes now, on that now he only it does a quarter of his money that's true it talks about according to the court documents dick won the 80 million di- jackpot in july 2013 but only took home almost 39 million after taxes so he must have just took the one-time payment I assume. yeah so and there's a debate so there's, about that what's better do you do the annuity or you do the lump sum i don't know i'd probably go lump sum because Honestly, I mean, how long, you don't know how long you're going to live, for one thing. Well, it depends on how much money you how want. How fast can once. you blow through $80 million if you're somewhat responsible? Challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but the, I think the idea of taking it all at once is you can invest a lot of it, and then that the returns on the investment start to make you money on the money you just made. I would take it all at once. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Just, or just like a just like a porn star, I would take it all at once. <laughs> the I think the the flip side to that though is if you take it, you know, as a payment, then it's like it's kind of like you got an extra job. Maybe it's not that big of a nope. difference in your life. I want all my satisfaction right up front. I do. I do think like over the long term, if you think about like how much that money is going to be additionally taxed. Let's say you die forward. a month later. You die. You die a month later, and you don't. Like ha- you couldn't yeah. have enjoyed thirty eight million dollars very briefly. Yeah. You know that that what is it the uh, the five thousand dollars for life only lasts as long as you live. That's true. So. so the arbitrator, who was granted the ability to make some of the decisions for the couple, determined that Dick's lottery winnings were part, and this is in quotation marks, part of the marital estate and likely not his first purchase ticket. So the basic argument was this was long after they're separated. There should be no yeah. reason that she she should be entitled to anything. But, uh, so, that didn't fly. And because of that, they demanded that $15 million of that $39 million be paid to the ex-wife, according to the court documents. The divorce was finalized eventually, but of course, after that. Yep. So, you get $39 million, Right off the bat, $15 million's gone. Yep. I feel like I could still get by on $24 million. Mm-hmm. Might be tough. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> gonna have to crimp on my savings. Can't really buy gonna the have Ferrari this gonna, year. Gonna have ramen at least once a week. Can't have as you know only half the household staff. We we have to fire some of the butlers. <laughs> Dick's attorney, Scott G. Bassett, argued, of course, like I said in court, that Rich was lucky, but it was his luck, not Mary's. So the old luck defense. I don't think there's a lot of that, legal case law precedent for that. There's this guy go to not Cooley? real, not a real strong precedent against just luck. But uh, of course, the appeals court turned it down, and they're still, and he's still fighting it. He was. It talks about him still going on to fight it in a statement to People, where I got this article from. It said he had filed an appeal, of course, to the court of appeals, and a reconsideration of the motion after the decision was made. On behalf of Dick. And I highlighted that because it makes me laugh. <laughs> I figured you might have. Yeah. They also noted in the reconsideration was denied. So again, it was basically denied twice. Like, this money's going to the ex-wife. So this this People magazine reporter, as you've rightfully pointed out, has been suppressing all along using this guy's nickname Dick in really weird they ways. They refer to that- him Dick. No, but they they could have they could have made it much more double entendre. They could have done a I lot more. They really really restrained themselves in a way that Chris Osborne would not have. I feel like using the phrase on behalf of Dick is uh, that one. They thought about that. Like Dick went inside. They could have done a lot of stuff. It's really, you know? what what could the reporter use the word Dick for and get away with? <laughs> Yeah, you know, if, sometimes a story like that as a journalist is a gift, and you have to unwrap that gift. <laughs> That's how they ended up with three children. Indeed. <laughs> and Okay, I lost track. <laughs> so, as an equal split of an asset acquired so long after the separation, and in this case, after the conclusion of the divorce, arbitration hearing is extremely unusual, is what they were arguing. We believe that they violated some kind of law or something like that when they awarded Miss Zalasco half of the lottery winnings. And as I said, I could get by just fine on $24 million. I don't know. If it was me and I still had $24 million, I feel like if I was getting divorced, it would depend on the circumstances whether or not I cared that my ex-wife got 15 Yeah, like how how much is there like ill will between them? Like how mad at each other are they if they're deeply deeply mad at each other that may make the situation different if you're like you know we weren't right for each other this marriage didn't work it's kind of my fault and your fault you probably aren't going to be like yeah give me my 15 million back i get the sense that the split wasn't wasn't amicable just in how hard this guy seems to be trying to fight it Yep. Like, honestly, I mean, like I said, if it was me and I was getting divorced, my ex-wife had cheated on me, was a terrible person, I wouldn't want her to have a fucking dime. Yep. But uh, that being said, I could easily get by on $24 million. So here's a question. What would you buy with $24 million? I was going to ask you that. What would you do with $24 million? Um, if I had unlimited money, I would build a replica of the mansion from Resident Evil, but with fewer traps and fewer zombies, and I would live there. All right, nerd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Why not? What the hell else are you going to do with all that money? That's true. I've always had Bugatti this... Bugatti Veyron I would get, probably, as my car, main driving car. Uh, a lot like um, Tracy from SNL, <laughs> crashing it in New York City. You can't drive that kind of car in New York City and get no. mad when you crash See, it. See, there's a couple... If I had $24 million, there's a couple things I do. I've always had this idea... Where I'd make my own Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> where it's literal, just, it's a white screen, maybe with like a desk or something just in the middle of it. I'd just walk up to the desk wearing a tuxedo from like the side or something like that. And just stand there leaning against it with my arms crossed. Maybe look at a watch. And then just walk away, not saying a word. And then just my name would flash on the screen. And that would be the entire commercial. And no one would know what it was. No, no one would That's know great. what it is. That's great. <laughs> I approve. Because <laughs> it's just like, look how much money I have. Hey, I do it just to have this. I do it just to spend the money. Yeah. 
And then I had another idea that I've always kind of thought would be fun. Like, I'd have a shitty, rusted out, like, minivan or something like that that mm-hmm. I'd put, like, a fucking rocket engine in. <laughs> and, you know, just, like, in the back of the minivan. And I'd pull up, I would search out, like, high-end cars just on the streets and pretend, get ready to drag race them, like, rev the gas, and then just fuck, slide the door open before the light turned green, and then just <laughs> go. So that's kind of what I aspire to, I guess, if I had millions of dollars. Just burning a hole in your pocket. Just burning a hole. I'd, of course, pay off, you know, my debt, my family's debt, but other than that. That's very generous of you. I don't know (laughs) if I would pay off my family's debt. I don't know what else I would do with the money. Yeah. So that's going to do it for this episode of Stories from a Bar. Big thank you to the gentle cupper himself, Mike Townsend, for joining me. Yeah, TGC. There's a hand motion that I can't convey over the you know, airwaves here, yeah. but thank you, Mike, for handing out, talking some ridiculous Michigan man stories for me. Uh, this has been a fantastic safety meeting. Thanks to dark horse brewing. Yes. We will poly- recommend it. Unlike do- the bad clown beers. Oh God, those are bad. I do recommend dark horse brewing. I will be sure to check out some of their others. I of course can't always find someone to, from the state that I'm talking about to join. So anyone out there, feel free to certainly contact the show. I'm always looking for fun guest hosts and stuff to talk about ridiculous stories. A big thank you to everyone out there for checking out the show. You can find it on find Stories from a Bar on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at StoriesFAB. And, of course, you can find the show on iTunes, Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. More importantly, leave a fantastic review and, until, and spread the word. So until next time, cheers. Cheers.